0: Thanks for joining us today as you listen to a portion of a message recorded at Vine Life Church in Boulder, Colorado. If you'd like to connect with us further, you can visit us online at www.vinelife.com. Flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what our hearts for. To be overcome by your presence, Lord. Let us become more aware of your presence. Let us experience the glory of your goodness. That's our prayer today, God. Thank you, God. So this morning, I just want to invite you to take take a seat for a moment. Um changing up the format of our time together a little bit this morning. By the way, welcome, welcome Divine Life. Um, we felt like we were praying into this week and felt this sense, this desire, that we're supposed to hold open the space for more worship today. So I'm going to share for just a few minutes, and then we're going to get back into singing in response and holding open a space for the Holy Spirit to, to do what He wants to do. Does this sound like a plan? And... Uh, and we're doing that because we're, we are, we're people of His presence. We're practicing the awareness of His presence. That's what we're after. That's what we're after here in this space as we, as we assemble, as we fellowship with one another. And, and that's what we practice as we leave this place. We're practicing the presence of God. And so um, what I want to do is I want to sh- share a little bit about... Um, about environments of worship like this. How do we approach holding open a space to the, the Holy Spirit, holding open a space for communion with God and worship and prayer? How, do we, how is it we can approach uh, these places where there's an openness to what God wants to do, where we're receptive for what God is doing, and we're able to pay attention to what He's doing? And uh, I want to look at a passage in the book of Matthew and in this passage, there seems to be an indication even before we come to worship, there's something else more important according to Jesus. There's something else that actually takes precedence over worship according to Jesus. And so if, if you have your Bibles, you can turn. We're going to have the scripture on the screen. And we're going to turn to Matthew chapter 5. And this is this is a passage that would be included in, in what we refer to as the Sermon on the Mount. So as Jesus is beginning his ministry, this is kind of his seminal message. And in this message, it's a basically a 32-point a message from what we can tell. Um, and he basically, he starts hitting topic after topic after topic. And the reason why he does this is because he he is now starting to work to help people reframe a new vision of what life in the kingdom could look like. What does the Jesus life look like? So he has to say things like, hey, you've heard it said like this before, but I tell you this, right? And so what he's doing, he's giving them a new way to see reality. He's give, he has to help them establish a new way um, through which to live life and a new invitation of, hey, if... if if you're tired of living this way, I have another kind of way that you can live that will lead to deeper freedom and deeper joy. And, uh, and so I want to pick up in this passage, and he starts off on a specific topic, and then he relates it to what it has to do with worship. All right? You guys alive this morning? Yeah. Okay. Matthew chapter 5, verse 21. You have heard that it was said to the people long ago, You shall not murder, and anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you that anyone who is angry with a brother or sister will be subject to judgment. Again, anyone who says to his brother or sister, Raka, is answerable to the court. And anyone who says, you fool, will be in danger of the fire of hell. Therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar, and there remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First, go and be reconciled to them. Then come offer your gift. Amen. And so, again, this, this passage, he's, he starts topically with, with, with what this audience, with what these listeners knew from the Old Testament Scripture about God's view of murder and God's view of anger, God's view of, of these things. And, you know, you heard it said, don't do this, and I say this. And it escalates pretty quickly. You notice that? He starts with, you know, you've heard it said don't murder, I say Don't be angry. Okay, well, that's upping the ante. And not only not be angry, don't say foolish things. Oh, okay. And not only don't say foolish things, but like if you become aware that there's an unresolved relationship or an offense with a brother or sister, I want you to delay your worship until you've made that right. And then come back and offer your sacrifice. That's a big deal. You guys catch that? This is a big deal, what he's actually inviting us to do. And in this passage, it is striking that even Jesus would indicate, listen, when you come to bring your gift to the altar... Then obviously we're talking about a temple system and so we're in a New Testament reality but when you come to present your gift to the Lord if, if, if you are reminded of something, a relationship in particular that there is tension in between that there is an unresolved issue it would be better for you to wait and to make right anything that was left undone and then come back and finish your offering. So this, this passage is it's, it's weighty. You can feel that. There's a, there's a weight to this. And obviously, in the, all these, these passages in the Sermon on the Mount, um, he has to actually exaggerate some of these points in order for people to get it. So when he says, I want you to leave your gift on your altar, go find the guy you cut off in traffic, say I'm sorry, and then come back and finish. Um... You have to understand, like, he's talking to people in Galilee. For them to do that, like, just imagine this scenario where they'd be at the temple and they purchased their animal to go sacrifice, and then they, 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 it comes to mind, oh, man, I should probably go make this right. They'd have to dra- uh, walk three days back to Galilee while their animal's sitting there on the altar, say sorry, and then travel three days back. So, like, a week later, this animal's been sitting there all week, you know, waiting to be sacrificed. And so we don't, we're not entirely sure if Jesus is literally saying, leave, leave your offering, leave your sacrifice at the altar here. But we can kind of get the sense of what he's going for, right? You get the sense of he's trying to reframe what is important. And if he's doing this for a reason, because he's talking to people, and he's, he's, it, this, is a, this is like a sword. This is going to the hearts of the people, saying, listen, you cannot separate your worship from the way that you're relating to your brother and your sister. Those two you cannot separate. And this is a good word for us today for a few different reasons. First of all, worship is about restored relationship. So it's impossible to rejoice in grace and mercy when we don't practice extending grace and mercy to others. It's hard to come into an atmosphere of worship where we're singing about the the gift, the free gift of the gospel when there are things that we hold. Now, a lot of times, we're not aware of the things that we hold. I think, by and large, if we were to survey the room, probably in this room, everyone probably feels like they're pretty generally okay with forgiveness, right? And judgment. I don't think very few people would say, you know what? I'm judging a lot of people right now. There's probably some of you, but... Some of us here, you know generally the idea of forgiveness we think we 've categorized that as part of our life that seems to be in check, but when we hold open this face for the Holy Spirit, this is so important to the heart of God that coming into worship that we are able to to, to surrender and, and hold open these relationships that we 're carrying and maybe relational discrepancies that if we hold open the space, I believe we would be surprised to see the small things that would even come to mind. And I think that's what Jesus is saying. It's not just about not killing people, right? It's not just about being a little bit better than the guys that you're reading about on the news. Well, I guess I'm not like that. I guess things are going all right. He's saying, no, 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 pay attention to what's going on in your heart. When you, were you in traffic this week? Somebody cuts you off. Raka! <laughs> right? Like this week, my wife left me alone with the kids for a few days, and she deserves to. She's, she's uh, out with some ladies. And uh, so I'm single dad in it for, for a few days, and I promise you, my, my little girl and my dog, they're conspiring against me. <laughs> I guarantee it. I'm convinced. They're collaborating on the destruction of many items in my house. Raka! Right? Your boss is annoying you. Raka! Your spouse, your husband or wife, they use that tone again. Raka! These little things that we kind of categorize as no big deals, and what, happened, what, happened, what happens over time, though, these attitudes of the heart, they actually withhold us from experiencing the grace and the mercy of God. The word raka, which is interesting, it's not a Greek word, it's an Aramaic word. It actually means uh, empty one or empty-headed. You guys, <laughs> you guys interact with anybody like that you'd be like, yep, there's, there's nothing here. <laughs> this This scene right here, you're dead to me, right? You wouldn't say it like that, but you felt that, come on empty-headed, empty one, but maybe it's as simple as that. Have you disregarded somebody as being worth nothing to you in an interaction at the grocery store? Your kids, your parents, your family. How often do we disregard people as, there's nothing here that's worth my attention right now? I'm wondering if this is what Jesus is talking about. He's saying, you've got to pay attention to these things. And so worship is about restored relationship. And so if we're disregarding people, and then we come into a place of communion with God and say, God, I want you, thank you that you regard me. It's important to his heart that we become the type of people that give high regard to others. So worship is about restored relationship. Worship connects us with our life. I think oftentimes, We separate worship from our lives as it's a different kind of activity. We separate this as a spiritual activity we do on Sundays. So we sing these songs to the Holy Spirit, you know, come fill the atmosphere. Sometimes the actual attitude is like, okay, Holy Spirit, I need you to come rescue me from my life, from all these things. And I'm pretty convinced at this point that God is um, not quite as interested in rescuing us as he is connecting us back with our life. He's not trying to pull us and extract us out of our dailiness. He's trying to connect us back with our dailiness. <laughs> and so when we sing these songs, it's not like this is the only chance that the Holy Spirit has to come flood the atmosphere. We're singing these songs to remind us of what's possible 24-7, Right? So we sing these songs and these prayers not as a way to isolate these, the presence of God to certain times and places, but to practice what it means to experience him flooding the atmosphere of your home and your workplace and and your relationships, right? So worship connects us back with our life. It actually, these songs and these prayers actually give us a vision for what communion with God looks like every other day of the week. The third third thing here, though, that's really important, is worship leads to freedom. So when we carry offense towards others, we become the ones with the shackles, not the person who has wronged us. You guys hear that? So a lot of times when we harbor offense or unforgiveness or judgment because we feel like somebody owes us something, we feel like we're holding them, and actually we're being held by those chains. And We don't know that sometimes. We don't know... That that's what's happening. And it's an illusion, right? When we hold anger, judgment, unforgiveness towards a brother or sister, we fall for the illusion that we're still in control. And you're not. Listen to me. You're not in control. This is what Jesus would have to say to us. Judge not lest you be judged. You hold on to a judgment. you will bring, You will reap judgment into your life. And so... This is why some of us feel stuck, I think, and we don't know why. It's because we're holding on to things that are actually holding on to us. And so we get frustrated and we can't go further, even in times of worship. And I'm wondering, I think the heart of God would want want us to remind us today that the only way to enter the throne room of God boldly to be liberated by the presence of God is to allow the Holy Spirit to reveal to you what has been left undone, unresolved, and unforgiven so that you can release it back to him. You guys are quiet. And and I I do have a sense here this morning, what we're gonna do is we're gonna open up a time and we wanna, this is gonna be the prayer, Holy Spirit, would you in a moment of quiet? As we hold open this place for each one of us, would you help us to remember anything left undone relationally from this last week, even? And maybe it was an attitude, maybe it was a harsh word, maybe it was disregarding somebody. Maybe you felt that from somebody else. Maybe you, you were the recipient of that and there's an offense in your heart and you feel like, gosh, if I forgive them, I'm going to let them off the hook. But your, your responsibility is not to determine their fate. Your responsibility is to make sure you're not on the hook. So forgiveness and release is the way that we become free of the shackles of offense and judgment that will come and hold us down and keep us enslaved. So what we want to do, before we kind of come back into worship, if this is important to Jesus, it should be important to us. That we allow a time and a space to say, God, I feel maybe a little bit numb. I am, It's a little, even a little fuzzy thinking about this last couple weeks, this last month, this last season of life. I'm not even sure how I would recall this, but God, I want to hold open a space, in Holy Spirit, even if it's hard to hear, would you show me names and faces, people that. Things need to be made right. Now, what does that mean once he shows you those things? I think, first of all, if you become aware of names or faces, people in your life, to confess and to release and and to forgive them if they've wronged you. Right? To release them, release them back to the Lord, to commit them back to the Lord. If you've been wronged, there's a, there's a place of release that will help you feel released as well. Maybe you become aware of, of somebody that you have disregarded or somebody you have been angry with, somebody you have wronged. And, and we'll leave it up to you. It may, it may make sense to make a phone call this morning or write a letter or write a note. It may make sense to take note of somebody that comes to mind that you need to ask for forgiveness and to after our time this morning to contact them and and initiate that. And we'll leave that up to you. Really, the question is, are we willing to let the Holy Spirit lead us through this process of being made right relationally as we're made right with him, right? So as we hold open this place, as we release people And offer forgiveness as we confess and repent and let the Holy Spirit lead us, He convicts us of all things. He convicts us of sin. Will you allow yourself to be convicted of sin? Do you have the ability to feel conviction right now? Because if you do, it's a really good sign. It means that breakthrough is near, it means that freedom is near. and and the hope and the encouragement in all these things. So this is kind of a heavy word to go back into worship. I'm telling you guys, I I believe this is critical to being a type of community that honors and hosts the presence of God and that the heart is Jesus. We want to offer worship that's pleasing to your heart, not just songs we want to hear, but what is it you want from us? What would most honor you? Oh, it's to make right with these people in my life that I've disregarded? Okay. Okay if that's what would most honor you, that's what I want. Right? And, and, I, and I believe as, as we enter into this, if, we, if, you, if you'll allow him, there's grace and mercy to be experienced at a whole new level today. So we respond to the gospel of grace, that while we were still far from God, Jesus died for us. Right? Yeah. when we respond to the gospel, by allowing that to permeate our relationships. I'm telling you, there's, there's a freedom available. And so that's what I'm in it for this morning. That's the invitation. I'm going to have the, the band start playing. And, and uh, we're, we're going to hold open a space for a little while. And I want you to, to use this time. Let's use this time not to rush out of a moment, not to leave the doors to say, I'm going to go think about that for, for a day. But let's use this time right here to allow the Holy Spirit to meet us, show us things that maybe are hard to look at, right? A little uncomfortable. But allow him, as we surrender these relationships back to God, surrender in forgiveness, in humility, back to God, allow him to minister grace and mercy at a whole new level today. So God, this morning, our heart cry, is to be responsive to you. And Jesus, if this matters to you, if it matters that we take inventory of our relationships, if that matters to you as it relates to our worship, God, help us not to rush out of this moment. And I thank you, Lord God. I thank you even now, as forgiveness starts to fill the room and to fill and to flood the atmosphere here, God, I thank you I thank you for a new release of freedom. I thank you for a deeper sense of joy. I thank you that shackles that have held us down, shackles of judgment and offense and anger will vanish in the name of Jesus. And I thank you, God, for a rising and a lifting as your people responsive to the gospel of Jesus Christ this morning. So the band's gonna play, and in a few minutes we'll start singing again, but let's take a moment. And as names come, as situations come, feel free to pray those back to God and release those, hold those open back to God and say, God, I trust you with this relationship. I forgive them. And for some of us that's asking for forgiveness from God or from somebody else, God, I thank you for strength to ask for forgiveness, to confess and forgive this morning.